Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. morning. I pray that you're all off to a fabulous 2017 in the Lord. And whatever resolutions you have made for yourself are still going strong. And if not, don't worry, you can get back up and start all over again. The year is still young and it's too early for you to give up or quit or turn back now. Just keep on keeping on and Commit yourself to do that which you have promised you were going to accomplish in 2017. Think of the most pleasant aroma that you love to smell, a scent that makes you smile. Perhaps your favorite food, your favorite dessert, your grandmother's cake, your mother's pie, your father's roast, your favorite cologne or perfume, the smell of a fresh washed clothes, or that new car scent that you love so well. Maybe it is the smell of flowers in the spring or the aroma that the rain produces. I don't know what it is, but all of us have those smells those aromas that bring joy to our heart and God is no different there is an aroma that God loves to smell in his presence there is an aroma that is pleasing to God when you think of an aroma you think of an odor that arises from the plant or the spice or the cooking especially an agreeable odor or fragrance it's a pervasive characteristic or quality something that lingers after some Something else has come and gone. The aroma of a thing is characteristic of that thing. It's very distinctive and it comes from a fragrant substance, from Latin aroma or sweet odor, from Greek aroma means seasoning or any spice or sweet herb. It is something that produces something that lingers after that thing that produced it is long gone. When you think of the aroma that we are going to to talk about the aroma of prayer, that which lingers in the presence of God and produces a smell that is pleasant in the nostrils of God. In Exodus chapter 30, God gives Moses specific and distinct instructions on how to put together the mix together the spices and the fragrances that will produce the incense that he wants to be burned upon the golden altar, the incense that will be burned that will come before the presence 
presence of God, they must be specific to the specifications that God has laid out from Moses. Don't just burn anything in my presence. I don't want to just smell any aroma. I don't want any smell lingering in my presence, but follow to the letter the instructions which I give you and let that be which that which is burned upon the altar that will be in my presence. If you think about the tabernacle and the layout of the tabernacle that God had given to the children of Israel, it was a foreshadow of that which was to come. You remember there was an outer court and a holy place and a holy of holies, and it was all specific, and and God had given distinct specifications on how it was to be laid out and built. There was the outer court, and then there was the holy place, and further in was the holy of holies. The holy of holies represented the throne of God or the very presence of God, but just outside of the presence or the throne or the holy of holies was the holy place. And just outside of the Holy of Holies, there was that golden altar. Exodus 30 talks about that golden altar and the incense that was to be burned upon it. It was beautifully arrayed in gold, thus the name, the golden incense altar. And it represented the altar of prayer. The altar was in the holy place. It was at the entrance of the Holy of Holies. There was a veil between the holy place and the Holy of Holies. Those who entered the holy of holies or the presence of God must first pass through the aroma that the incense created and then through the veil. When you come into the presence of God, you don't come just any kind of way. That is something they understood so well. Even though they were under the law, there were things that they practiced and understood that we should not dismiss too easily. They understood the holy nature of God. They understood the the reverential fear that a child of God should have for God. They understood the the glory of God and the power of God. And they understood that his presence is holy. And they understood that you don't just come in any old kind of way. You don't just presume upon the holiness of God. You don't just take it for granted. And they taught their children the same. Now we have grace, but we still need to enter into his presence with thanksgiving and we still need to come before his courts with praise. We still need to bow before the holiness of his majesty and we still need to honor his great and magnificent name. We still need to know that the ground wherein we stand when we stand in his presence is holy ground. We still need to have a reverential fear of the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What would a worship service be like if we came into the house of God knowing that the God of gods and the Lord of lords that we serve is the very God of the universe. In his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What would a worship service look like if we came into the house of God and bowed our hearts to God and stopped worshiping men and women? What would the worship service look like if we concentrated on him and worshiped him, what would it look like if we didn't have to be prodded and pumped 
to bow our knees unto a holy God, but we came into the house of God knowing that he is worthy of our worship, knowing that all of our worship is due him. What would it look like if he were the center of our joy, the focus of our worship, the reason why we gather? What would it look like if when we came to the house of God, we came with the sole purpose of entering into the holy of holies, meeting the presence of God, seeing an explosion of his glory? What would it look like if the glory cloud met us every time we gathered ourselves together? What would it look like if we worship Christ and only Christ our Lord? What would it look like if when we come together, we forget about ourselves and concentrate on him and worship him? Let us worship Christ our Savior, Christ our Lord. What would it look like? It would look like what you read about. You've been wondering why don't we see the miracles and the signs and the wonders that we read about? Where is the God of the scripture? And I want to ask you, where is the worship of the scripture? Where is the reverence of the scripture? If you want to see God do for you what he did for them, then perhaps you've got to do for God what they did for God. You got to make God first and make God last and make God everything in between. You got to reverence God's holy name. You've got to bow at his throne. You've got to make him Lord over everything. He's not just a byword. He's not just an afterthought. He's not just a common man. You've got to set him as Lord over everything worthy of our offering. Hallowed be his name. We quote the scripture. We read the scripture. We sing the song. Can we become the worshipers that we read about in the scripture? Can we do what we say we are going to do and forget about ourselves and concentrate on him and worship only Christ our Lord. Let's come in for the Shekinah glory. Oh, that we might see him and look upon his face. May we bow at his throne and experience the fullness of worship in the presence of our God. May we get back to producing that aroma that is pleasing in the nostrils of God, producing the prayers that avail much in the earth, prayers of faith that are in agreement with his word, prayers of faith that move beyond our feeling and our fear, that move beyond our limitations and our inabilities, that move beyond our inadequacies and inconsistencies and pray the prayer of faith. May we get back to praying beyond what our natural mind can even conceive. And let's pray according to the word of God, prayers of faith that are pleasing in the very presence of our God. Let's get back to producing the aroma that God wants to smell in his heavenlies. The aroma that is fit for those that are entering into the presence of God. Stop your complaining and whining and murmuring about what you don't have and what you didn't accomplish. And let's concentrate on him and 
worship him. What did the Lord say about your circumstance? What did the Lord say about your dilemma? Really, that is the crux of the matter. What did the Lord say? It's not a matter of what you think. It's not a matter of what you've reasoned and rationalized. But what did the Lord say? When Christ died on the cross and gave himself a ransom for us, the Bible says that he rent the veil in two, removing the middle wall of partition, and he gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor before the throne of God. He opened up the access to God's presence, and he removed the middle wall of partition so that now we can come boldly to the throne of grace and make our requests known to him, receive the help that we need at his hand, and obtain the favor that is ours for the asking. We can come boldly to that throne of grace. We come boldly, but with a reverential fear of the God that we serve. We come boldly, but humbly knowing that it is a throne of grace. The only reason that I can come to this throne is because of the work that Christ did at Calvary. The only reason that I have access before the presence of God is because of the finished work that Christ completed at Calvary. It is not by power and it is not by might, but it is by the grace of a merciful God that I have access to his throne. I can now enter into the place that was once reserved for the high priest. I can enter into the place that the high priest went in with apprehension and fear and trembling. I can come boldly before that throne, boldly but with reverence, and know that when I come, I will find help and obtain the mercy that I need because the God that I serve has bid me come and the aroma that Christ presented at the throne of God, it is the aroma through which I proceed into the throne of God. So when I come, I come with the aroma of Christ upon me. I come with the aroma. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I come with the mind of Christ. I come in the spirit of the one that saved me. I come in the name of the Lord. Whatever you ask, ask the father in my name. When you approach the throne, approach as one that's coming in the name of the Lord. Approach as one that knows that the reason why you are here is because of the work that Christ did at Calvary. Approach as one that knows that you are here because of what he did and not because of who you are. You are here because of him and not because of you. You are here because of Christ and not because of your good name, not because of your good works, not because you pray so long and fast so much, but you can only approach the throne of grace because of the mercy of a wonderful God. That is why it is a throne of grace because you don't deserve to be here, but he has made the way and opened up the access and bid you come. And so we come every day of our life, approaching the throne of grace, seeking his favor, acknowledging his presence and bowing before him and worshiping the God of our salvation.
And when we do, we allow our prayers to mix with the aroma of Christ and it produces before the throne of God that sweet savor that is so desirous in the presence of God. Don't you dare stop praying when you keep on praying that golden bowl that the angel is holding at the very throne of God begins to fill up with the prayers of the righteous and at some point the prayers of the righteous have filled up the bowl and the angel is instructed of God to tip the bowl over and pour out the answers into the earth according to revelations it comes with thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes It will sound like it sounded in the book of Acts in chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each and every one of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It will sound like it did in the book of Acts in chapter 16 at midnight when Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. That is what it sounds like. Think about it. When God pours out the bowls from heaven and the answers begin to feel the earth with earthquakes and lightnings and thunderings. The Bible uses the word suddenly. We know that it really wasn't suddenly because the prayers had been filling the bowl. But then came the day when he turned the bowl over and sent out the answer to the earth. And it felt like a suddenly, but the truth be told, they were filling up all alone. You've been praying for your grandmother and praying for your grandson and praying for your spouse for years and months. And And you think that all of a sudden this thing happened, but really it didn't happen suddenly. You just experienced the answer just now and it felt suddenly. But you've been praying and someone's been praying. Everybody's been praying and the bowl has been getting filled up. And there comes a day. I don't know the day that the bowl will be turned over. I don't know when your answer will be poured out from heaven, but you keep on praying. Don't you dare stop praying. The Lord is nigh. Don't you dare stop praying. He has heard your cry. The Lord has promised and his word is true. Don't you dare stop praying. The Lord is going to answer you. Fire!
always been hearing you all alone. Your prayers have gone where only certain ones were ever able to go in the Old Testament. And they went so trepidatiously. They went so with hesitancy. They went so with fear and trembling into the holy of holies. But your prayers and my prayers and the prayers of the righteous, they have filled up the altar and the throne of God. You wonder where are your prayers? They're at the throne of God. You wonder how long will he keep them? He's keeping them because they're producing in his presence that savor that he desires. Your prayers are filling the altar of God. Don't you dare stop praying. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. I don't know if it's next week or next month, but don't you dare stop praying. He has heard your cry and I want you to know that before the throne of God are the prayers of the righteous. The angels are mixing them in that golden bowl with the incense that the aroma of Christ has produced through his sacrifice and it is giving unto God a sweet smelling savor in his nostrils. What you want to begin to pray is Lord tip the bowl in my favor. Lord send the answers down from heaven. Lord let the incense feel the presence of God and send the answers from heaven. Let the earthquake hit the earth. Let the lightning come from heaven that I might see the glory of God and the answer of God might be mine today. You want to pray today as though you know God hears you. That's why he said that the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. When you keep on praying, when God tips the bowl in your favor, there is much, there is much power to the prayers of the righteous. And that's why he said that we know that we have our petition if we believe that God is hearing our prayer. And he said, I have answered your prayer before you even prayed the prayer. Before it came out of your mouth, the answer was already being fixed up in the heavens because the bowl was already being filled up. This isn't the first time you prayed this prayer. You know this isn't the first time you've asked this thing of God. You've been asking him for a while, seeking him for a long time, imploring his presence for a while. He has heard your prayer. You take this broadcast today as confirmation that God has heard your prayer. He has sent me to remind you that he has heard your prayer. David in Psalms chapter 141, he said, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. When I pray, I understand how it worked in the tabernacle and I understand how it worked when they offered incense before your throne. I understand the requirement of the incense and the makeup of the incense and the specification of the incense. I understand the purpose of the incense and the aroma that you desire. So when I pray, dear God, let my prayer be as the incense that come before the altar of God. I want my prayer to be just like Exodus 30 when all the spices were mixed together and the prayer and the incense was burnt on the golden altar and the and the aroma came before the holy of holies when the high priest would enter in he would be filled and engulfed with the aroma of the incense I want my prayer to be pleasing and acceptable in your presence I want my prayer to be that which you desire and that which you want and that which makes you smile I want my prayer to be the 
aroma of that scent that you love to smell. I want my prayer to be prayers of faith. I want my prayer to be fervent and effectual. Let my prayer be as the incense that is offered before the golden altar of your throne. And dear God, let the lifting up of my hands be even as the evening sacrifice. When they laid that goat, that lamb, that turtle dove on that altar, and they sacrificed it before you as the evening sacrifice that you accepted so freely and so wonderfully and then you forgave and you omitted and you washed away and you blessed whatever it was I want the lifting up of my hands to be as the evening sacrifice teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight when I lift my hands in worship I want it to be like the evening sacrifice I present my body to you a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It is my reasonable service. When I lift my hands, let it be like the evening sacrifice, dear God. I thank you, Father, and I praise you, and I glorify your name. You are holy and worthy and righteous and altogether lovely. There is no shadow of turning with you. Every time you said you would, you did, and you will, and I honor you, and I bow before your throne and there is no God like Jehovah let this prayer be a prayer of faith I touch and agree that I am everything you said I am and will do everything you said I will do I will accomplish the will of God in the earth and complete my destiny that you have laid out for my life I will be everything you have dreamed me to be forgive me for my sins and wash me from all unrighteousness when I pray dear God let the incense ascend unto your altar and fill the bowls and pour out my answer and my blessing in the earth and when I lift my hands let it be like the evening sacrifice I worship you O Lord I bow before your throne I give unto you glory you are holy and worthy and righteous and altogether lovely and there is no shadow of turning with you and I love you this morning and I thank you And my prayer shall be the aroma that ascends unto your throne that makes you smile to overturn the bowls with the answers to the prayers, Father, that I have lifted up in your presence. Even as I pray this prayer, even now, Father, let your will be done and let your kingdom come in the earth through me, even as it is done in heaven. This aroma of prayer is the aroma of obedience and love and sacrifice. I know, dear God, that prayer does not fit us for the greater works, but prayer is the greater works. My question for all of you, how do you smell before God? Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.